0: Today, we celebrate Christ the King in our church. Um, It's always about this time of year, though, that this feast falls because it's the last Sunday at an ordinary time. And it's also, most of the time, right around Thanksgiving. I can't help but think uh, this year's Thanksgiving might look a little bit different for many of our families. We're probably finalizing or trying to adapt the plans of what we normally do. But I know when I walk through Thanksgiving, generally speaking, there's a couple of things that are highlights during the course of the week. The first thing, um, Thanksgiving, we're going to definitely have some very, very good food, right? Um, there's going to be way too much most of the time uh, in the kitchen, on the table. Uh, and right about whenever the Lions, the game is about, is about done for them, right, is whenever the food coma kicks in, right? Because for some reason the Lions play and they, I guess they like to get out of the way that a team's going to lose and get destroyed, so we can all fall asleep and take an hour nap, right? Uh, the next day though, it, now because of just the way things are in our culture and our world, generally speaking, when you wake up from the food coma, somebody in your family needs you to watch the kids because we all have that one person who's been sharpening their elbows for the last like six weeks and is ready to go and put them to use at Walmart. Because Black Friday is now creeping into Thanksgiving, which I'm not a fan of, but we'll get to that another time. But, like, my sister, I know, she's got her tennis shoes ready to go. She's got, like, some energy drinks. She is ready. Like, she runs normally. I think she does it just for Black Friday. So that she can hurt somebody on her way to getting a bread maker that she don't need so she can put it up on the shelf somewhere else. I don't get it. But this is just how our Thanksgiving week generally goes. If you're you're the person who's in charge of cooking, or you're the person in charge of watching the kids of the crazy shopper that you have in your family, or if you are that crazy shopper, a lot of us, at some point this week, the week is going to just speed up. It's going to take off on us. And we're going to wake up, and it's going to be Monday. And where did it go? I think one of the things for us, though, to really be present to and to pay attention to this Thanksgiving is right there in the name. To be thankful. To actually express the gratitude that we have. To express that old time honor tradition, right, of sitting around the table and saying what it is that you're actually thankful for. For giving some reflection this week to what we are thankful for. Because the reality is, in the Christian life, in our faith, what we have received is not just for us. What we receive in our faith is meant to be shared. And I look at you all for a reason, because today you receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if that gift is a nice gift that you just put on a shelf and leave, it's not not coming to the end it's supposed to. It doesn't, it doesn't bear the fruit that it's supposed to. And I think for all of us here, whenever we really reflect on our faith, do we give what it is that we receive from God? Do we actually put it to use? Because what we receive is not meant just for us. This week, I was, uh, uh, I was wasting time uh, on Facebook, like everybody does at some point, right? And I, a video came across my feed, and it was a very, it was a very touching video. With, they, with this, this company, they, they did a little social experiment, and what they did was is they took five kids who were involved in a boys and girls club in their community. Now, these this five kids, they came from kind of poor families, kind of poor backgrounds. They didn't have a whole lot, and what they did was, is they asked each one of these kids, one little girl in particular, I remember her face. She was asked, what do you want for Christmas? And the only thing she could say, quick, she knew exactly what it was. She said, I want my very own laptop. Now I know for me, like I, it, we all, at some point, everybody kind of puts that Christmas list together, I'm sure. Our kids probably have sent it off to Santa. Um, or I've given it to Mama to give to Santa to make sure that it gets there and it, it's safe, right? But that, that I think there's a, the, the, it's a normal thing for a kid to want something for Christmas and to know what that is. It might be a PS5. might be, um, some, It might be some clothes. No, it's never clothes. It, it, it's always something, a Nintendo Switch, right? Just something that we know we want from Santa. And this little girl knew she wants a laptop. She wanted a laptop for Christmas. The second question that she was asked, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think your mom wants for Christmas? And again, almost immediately, she knew exactly what to say. She said, I think my mom wants a ring. And she kind of expounded a little bit. She said she, she doesn't have a wedding ring. Now, she's coming from a poorer background, it may be she never had a wedding ring. It may be that she had to sell it. She may may have have lost it. The multitude of reasons why she might not have a ring, but this little girl knew that her mom wanted a ring. So what did they do? They said, well, here's a surprise. Here's a laptop and a wedding ring. And they put both of them on the table in front of the little girl. Elated. All kind of excited. This is awesome. I can't wait, it's so cool. And then the the narrator, like the person kind of running the experiment, looks at him, looks at her and says, Here's the catch. You can only pick one. I I don't know about you, but I I would have if, if the one if the one present, the one thing that I wanted was handed to me. I would have a really hard time passing for the sake of somebody else. But this little girl and the other four kids all took what their parent wanted. They all took what, the good for somebody else over their own desire, over their own selfish desire. Because what the op, they understood at their young age that the opportunity they were given was not meant for them to just serve themselves, but it was meant to, to kind of enrich the life of someone else. Now this, is the, this is the beautiful part, is that at the end, once they make the decision and once they're ready to let go of their gift, the person says, hey, because you chose for your loved one, you can keep the laptop too. Because when we give, when we give of ourself, when we give of our own desire, when we go beyond our own desires to love someone else, what happens is, is we receive a multitude more. We receive just as much as what we would have if we would have just kept it for ourselves. So today, as we come and and exercise our faith, we recognize that what we receive from God is meant to be shared, and the sharing fulfills us even more. Today's Christ the King. Today's the Feast of Christ the King. It's a big feast in our church. we got more candles lit today. We get to celebrate a beautiful sacrament for our RCIA candidates. But today's Christ the King, and when we think of Jesus Christ as a king, and when we think of that image of a king, so often, we can think of two kinds of kings in history. Most of the time when we think of a king, if you, if you think of a movie like Braveheart, you think of a movie like Gladiator. You think of some of these old movies. Most of the time, the king, there's an evil king. There's a tyrant of a king. And what a tyrant of a king does is that he wields his power. He has something that's special. He has something that is, he, can, he can hold over somebody else and he uses it for himself. That's a tyrant. But that's not the king that Christ is. The King that Christ is, He's like the beloved kings. He's like the the King Louis of France. The the, the Saint Louis King of France. The the ones that we remember, the ones that echo through history as benevolent and loving and awesome leaders as kings would take care of the most vulnerable. That's That's why it's so fitting that for today, Christ the King, we look at our Gospel And Jesus is associating Himself with the most vulnerable. Those who are hungry. Those who are thirsty, naked, strangers, sick, imprisoned. These are the ones we're called to to love. These are the people that we are called to share with. Now I think what happens a lot of times is that we can get lost in what we're receiving and not give. That it's about me and Jesus. I I just want to receive as much as possible. I come to Mass for me to be right. But we're called to go beyond just receiving and to give. The other thing I think that can happen from time to time, and I think Thanksgiving is going to be a good time for us to recognize this. I don't know about you, but I I lose sight sometimes of what I even receive to begin with. What, what? Really, what do I have to be thankful for? What is it that God is giving me? We come to the end of the liturgical year. When I'm thinking of the end of the liturgical year, the first thing that comes into my mind is how much longer until the end of the calendar year. I'm ready for 2020 to be over. But... Even in spite of what the last nine months, the last year has looked like in your life, there's still stuff to be grateful for. There's still stuff to be thankful for. But so often, we can get distracted by the heart. We can get stra- distracted by the darkness. Our first reading today, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Jesus said, Ezekiel says that the Lord says to His people that I'm going to come and gather those who are scattered in the cloudiness, in the darkness of life. When I look at 2020, there's been a lot of darkness. Pandemic. Political, political fighting constantly. Social uprising. All kind of stuff over and over. Maybe maybe what the Lord really wants to give us this holiday season, maybe what the Lord really wants to give us is just a space to grieve. It's just a space to come in touch with what we've lost. Because every one of us, in some way, shape, or form, has had to change something. Every one of us, in some way, shape, or form, there's a plan in your life, I guarantee you, that you did not expect took a turn that had to shift. I'm talking to, I'm, I'm, when I think about it, I think of students in high school who had senior seasons that were either cut short or canceled or just looked different. I, I think of parents who, you know what, I, I, who work full-time jobs, never wanted to homeschool, but come mid-March, all of a sudden, I had to figure out how to have a full-time job and a full-time job. I think, of us who, who, I think of anybody who's been looking at anything in the news and losing trust in every institution that we have in our society, from the church to the politics. Not to mention a quarter of a million people who have gotten sick and passed away from this, on top of the other sicknesses and things of life. In a really powerful way, I think what the Lord is doing for us at this time is that the Lord, the gift that the Lord wants to give us comes from an, the, the most familiar psalm that we heard a little while ago. Psalm 23. Over and over we hear this psalm. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've probably heard this psalm. If you, if you come to Mass at any kind of regularity, you hear this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pasture's. Where he leads me near restful waters, he refreshes my soul. We heard the word refreshes today. Another word for that could be he restores my soul. I, I don't know about you, but when I look back at this year, my, my soul in a lot of ways needs to be restored. My soul in a lot of ways needs to be restored. The beautiful thing about our faith is that our faith finds hope in the most daunting and hopeless of situations. There's a lot of images of Christ the King out there. There's a lot of images of Jesus sitting on this big golden throne with a big nice crown, all kind of clean and just having all these, all these robes flowing from, from His heavenly throne, and there's clouds and like little, angel, little fat angels that are kind of floating around and all this stuff. It, there's a lot of beautiful images of Christ the King, but in reality, the place that Jesus Christ receives His crown, receives His throne, is on Calvary. The place that He receives the crown, it's not a golden crown of jewels and gold, but it's a crown of thorns where blood's poured out. The place where he sits on his throne. It's not this comfortable golden chair with this nice red velvet coming down to make his butt not hurt. But instead, it's the wood of a cross. And it's nails that hold him there. Jesus Christ is crowned and and takes on the identity of Christ the King as He sacrifices Himself for us. I don't know about you, but when we look at a crucifix, we see the most hopeless of situations, yet we see it as a sign of hope. We see it as a sign that death doesn't win. We see it as a sign of strength. We see it as a sign of our faith that continues to persist despite the, the shortcomings of human beings. We see Christ as the King giving us so much and only asking that we share it as well. When we approach this week, what is it that you're thankful for? Who is it in your life That you have reason to shout to the Lord and thank Him for? What ways in which has God worked in your life over the last year, over the last month, over the last week? It gives it more purpose and direction. We are called to share what it is that we have received. So as we go into this holiday season, as we go into thanksgiving, may we be thankful. As we recognize our Lord and see Him sacrificing and giving Himself completely and totally to us, may we give ourselves completely and totally to Him and to those who are vulnerable around us. And that way, we're called to be Jesus. We're called to be Christ to those around us. We're called to feed the hungry. It might not be somebody who's starving for food, but it might be someone who's hungry for attention. To satiate thirst. might not be somebody who just doesn't have anything to drink physically. might be somebody who needs to drink of mercy or forgiveness. May we give what we have received. May we come before God and receive all that He has for us and give it to those who do not have. Amen. Just yet, so I'll tell you when. I'm going to ask our candidates to please stand. We begin this, this, we continue this rite of confirmation by asking for a renewal of baptismal promises. So the answers to the following intentions will be I do. So I ask you. Do you renounce Satan and all his, empty, all his works and empty promises? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the Giver of life, who today through the Sacrament of Confirmation is given to you in a special way just as He was given to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Do you believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith. This is the faith of the church. And we are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Dearly beloved, let us pray to God the Almighty Father for these, His adopted sons and daughters, already born again to eternal life in baptism, that He will graciously pour out the Holy Spirit upon them to confirm them with His abundant gifts and through His anointing. Conform them more fully to Christ the Son of God. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who brought these Your servants to new birth, by water and the Holy Spirit, freeing them from sin. Send upon them, O Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Give them the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and fortitude, the Spirit of knowledge and piety. Fill them with the Spirit of the fear of the Lord, through Christ our Lord. Amen.